Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to Tripping Up, a comedy travel podcast. I'm your host, Nina Clapperton. Welcome to the second episode. Maybe you've listened to the first and couldn't get enough, or you've stumbled upon this while browsing podcasts. Either way, welcome. For those who don't know, Tripping Up is a podcast all about celebrating travel, even the less glamorous side. Every other week, I chat with a guest about their funny travel stories. As a reminder, season one was recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic. This unfortunately means we had to record via video calls, so the sound quality isn't as wonderful as I'd intended. Sound quality aside, the stories really are worth hearing, so please bear with us. Season one has an awesome lineup of authors and travelers that I can't wait for you to hear. Amazing people like this week's guest, Tess Burrows. Tess is a peace activist, climbing instructor, healer, motivational speaker, grandmother, and author. Tess is such an inspirational traveler. In the 90s, she began adventuring to raise funds for projects close to her heart. Eight years later, she founded Climb for Tibet, a charity that raises money to build schools in Tibet. They have now raised over 150,000 pounds. Tess collects messages from individuals around the globe and speaks them from the mountaintops to help build peace and harmony. So far, she's brought messages to the North and South Poles, the Himalayas, the Andes, the Pacific, and Africa. Tess has worked with a number of other charities. She hung a Save Antarctica from Mining banner on the Old Man of Hoy, partook in the UN Climb on the Eiger, and Protest Climbed Sugarloaf, which we'll talk more about later. She has cycled, ran, walked, climbed, and parachuted to fundraise for environmental, animal, and educational projects. I'm so in awe of her. The national press really got it right when they said she's a 50-year-old living the life of a 20-year-old. Now in her 70s, Tess still adventures while being an amazing grandmother. She says her claim to fame is being the first and only grandmother to race to the South Pole. How cool is that? I mean, I'd argue she has a lot of claims to fame, but I'll stop fangirling so we can get on with the podcast. This is Tess Burrows on Tripping Up. Now boarding. 
Hi, Tess, and welcome to Tripping Up Podcast. Thank you, Nina. Lovely to see you. <laughs> Lovely to hear you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, with COVID, obviously, we can't see each other. Um, but that does make this a bit more interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited to have you on. I really love your book. You. So I'm Thank excited you. to chat and find out more about your travel history. Wonderful. Okay, so why don't you start with telling us a bit about how you travel, why you travel? Oh, okay, right. Uh, could be quite a long story, which is why I write books about it. But yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I'm an adventure traveler, and my purpose behind it all is trying to help the planet. So, in fact, I collect loads of messages from people, kind of messages about peace or about helping the environment, loads from children. And I undertake to speak them out from the far high points of the planet. A bit like the Tibetan prayer flags, where you yeah. take the highest that you can from your heart and you, you fly it from the highest, furthest places possible as, as a way of helping peace and harmony. So that's what I've been doing for 20 years or so. Um, so I've got to reach the furthest, highest points. So many of them are the kind of dangerous, uh, tricky expeditions, but uh, a lot of fun along the way. Yeah, of course. I love that, like spreading the positivity. Um, I worked at a yoga retreat in Spain for a while where we would do like a weekly hike with all the guests and just kind of speak some words of affirmation um, and take pebbles and like put your negativity into the pebble and then just chuck it off the mountain. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Yes, the, the mind can do everything. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so our next question is, um, what is a weird souvenir that you have picked up along your travels that stuck with you? Oh, golly, I had to think about this one, but I think the most weird or perhaps the most grisly or the most interesting was in Bolivia, in the Andes. And I was on a journey to the point furthest from the center of the earth at the millennium, wow. uh, which is the story told in my, one of the stories told in my book, Soft Courage. And um, we were going up to Lake Titicaca and it's a very sacred lake right on the uh, border with Peru and the Bolivians have um, many stalls around and a lot of them have got interesting things and one of them was um, a, a whole pile of dried llama fetuses oh. <laughs> and the, 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 which is you know the sort of thing one tends to carry in one's back pocket <laughs> um, and the idea is that it's a very sacred lucky item not so it's very lucky for the llama, but the Bolivians have a long tradition of putting dried llama fetuses in their um, the foundations of the house when they're making the wow. house. You know, you know that the llamas, the like the alpaca. Yeah. Um, so the, the the idea is when one needs to visit um, Lake Titicaca, you've got to take a a present, a gift for Pachamama. For, for, for Mother Earth. So we um, really um, were wondering whether to collect um, dried llama fetuses, which is the, <laughs> the traditional thing to do. It doesn't sound very, very British. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's important, I think, when traveling to kind of uh, be in tune and harmony with what the indigenous peoples and the, the people of the land you're in are, are expressing and, and what works for them. So um, that was that was the thing to set off and chuck into Lake Titicaca, which is one of the highest lakes on, on, on the planet, um, as, as, a, as a gift, as an offering to, to Pachamama. And um, actually in the event, my boyfriend decided that his offering of his most precious thing, which was the alternative of, of doing a dried llama feature, was just um, 
something his most precious thing. So he decided to make me me as an offering anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I mean, I, I I think it's amazing that you were equated to a dried llama fetus in terms Thank of Thank you very much. Like yes. <laughs> sacredness. <laughs> How did so for the llama fetus? How are they attaining? Like, are these like fetuses well, they take out of like the llama while it's pregnant, or like a stillbirth or something? Well, they say that they are miscarriages, and I just hope oh. they they are miscarriages because of poor yeah. old llama. But then, like so many of the indigenous cultures, um, the animals that they live with are kind of sacred, and you ask for the, for the we ask the spirit if they they're happy to donate their their yeah. life or whatever. So I, I think things work at a greater level there as well. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean. You always think about llamas. I wouldn't have thought about a llama fetus for anything. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm very sure lucky. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm sure you've had great luck in your life afterwards. So that's, I mean, oh, no, it's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, I think that might be the weirdest that we've had so far. Definitely an unexpected one. I was thinking like a strange snow globe or something. Oh, so okay. I love right. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with that exciting um, start to the podcast, let's get into your tripping up travel story. If you wouldn't mind sharing it with us. Right. Okay. Well, it's a bit more about tipping up than tripping up really, but um, I thought it'd be fun to share a journey that I did quite a while ago now to Rio de Janeiro in Brazil on the east coast of uh, South America. And um, it was a time when there was a, a United Nations summit there, um, and all the world leaders were getting together to try and decide how we're going to help the earth, how we're going to help the planet. And um, I'm, I'm sure you know Rio, it's one of the most beautiful cities on the planet, all the backdrop to the recent Olympic with a, a huge sugar loaf, a big lump of rock right mm -hmm. in the middle of it all. And the local police went around just before the meeting, which was going to be for 11 days, and decided to clean up the, the streets uh, in preparation. And they went around shooting all the street children. Oh, God. So this was such a horrendous thing to hear about that a friend and I um, decided to do something about it. And we went into um, Rio with a huge banner, a huge banner that said, help street children to live. And the plan was to put it on the Sugarloaf, the big rock place that overfaces the city, and slowly move it up during the 11 days of the conference so that the, the issue of the street children wouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. So we made this big banner and got um, got it into a, 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 um, a suitcase with a false bottom and smuggled it into the country. <laughs> and the, the, the plan was to um, look as normal as possible. And, and my job was to, I got this little pink and purple penguin called Yannick, who who, who actually tells the story of, of, of soft carries. And it turns out penguins are very good writers, so that, that's fine. <laughs> um, so my, the, the idea was that I had to... Um, hold on to this little um, pink and purple soft toy penguin so that I look perfectly normal. So we managed to get into into the the, the country to, to start it all off. So we were, were all set to go. So um, we managed to get onto the rock face. And it's about um, 400 meters 
tall, which is, I guess, in, in comparison in London, the highest building at the moment is the Shard, which is about 300 metres tall. So it's about a, third, a quarter as much again there. So quite a decent sort of rock face. And the idea was just to slowly move the, the banner up over the, um, the 11 days, um, hopefully without being, being stopped. And it's a great lump of, of granite and um, quartz. It's, it's, it's just a, a wonderful thing. So after about day six or seven, we were just moving the banner up. It, it, it's a question of um, just hanging without putting your feet in anything for the 11 days, if you can imagine that. Um, so you just got to sort of find places on, on the rock to, to, to hang so that um, you can move up the banner. And we slept on what's called porter ledges, which is kind of like a, a, a ledge, think perhaps a hammock and, and with um, uh, straps at the end and we'd, we'd hang those in, in, in for the night. So we were, we were going quite well, even though I was pretty terrified at the beginning because um, it's interesting how we kind of need things to put our feet on really. You yeah. know, Yannick Penguin, of course, thinks I was a bit pathetic because he always <laughs> hangs in the back of my rucksack without anything to put his feet on. And um, anyway, we got to about day six or seven and some of the local climbers decided to bring us some supplies because we were hauling all our water and food with us. Um, and they brought us some beer. <laughs> and, and essential uh, for any any trek needs uh, beer. <laughs> absolutely essential, apparently. But then I actually don't drink alcohol, so for me it wasn't such a, a clever oh, yes. thing. But of course, we were really thirsty and um, stupidly drunk this beer. And of course, obviously, on a thing like this, you've got to be really watchful, and every move you do has got to be completely safe and tied in two spaces at all time. So. Um, after this beer, I kind of lost my watchfulness altogether and um, tried to settle down for the night, took out my contact lenses, put them in my wash bag, brushed my teeth and went to the loo, which is an interesting sort of thing, how you go to the loo on a rock face. Perhaps we won't go into that too much, <laughs> uh, in too much detail. Um, and I was just trying to get the portal edge sorted out and I yanked it and wham, it kind of smashed against the rock face. And my um, um, my wash kit with my contact lenses in went smash whoosh and off it set, sent um, 400 meters down to the rainforest um, below. Um, so there was I stuck with no eyesight. I was very very short sighted then. Since uh, since then I've um, walked across the Antarctic and I had my eyes lasered, which has really sorted my eyesight out. But at that Point. Without my contact lenses, I was completely blind, uh, more or less. And I realised that I'd put our entire um, event at, at risk. And it was probably one of the worst moments of my life, I would think. Um, and I did discover then that a wonderful cure for any worries when you're travelling is to, to cuddle a penguin. <laughs> so cuddling, cuddling a penguin got me through the night. Um, and in the morning... The, we were wondering what on earth to do. And the friend I was with, he's actually a, a very good climber. Um, I mean, a seriously good climber. He's climbed up the outside of um, Nelson's Column, Trafalgar Square oh, in wow. London, or and the outside of, um, in, in New York, um, Statue of Liberty, so things like that. Anyway, so he decided he was going to climb down to... Which, doesn't mean to say I'm a good climber, I'm a pretty lousy climber, but um, he decided he was going to climb down and try and find them. 
So he, he set off the next morning and um, just just out onto the, the rock face and there was a big whoosh thump and a huge lump of concrete came rushing past him and just missed him. And, and, and we looked up and then another one came and then another one. Um, and it would have appeared that um, somebody was trying to stop us with our, our, our protest banner and wow. um, stop the climb altogether. But um, it managed to miss it. So <laughs> all, all was well. <laughs> I mean, I'm very glad. So, like, <laughs> w- wouldn't have been a great so, end to the story if your friend had it, fallen off the side great of this end. mountain. So, <laughs> so I guess I've got to produce a moral or something, haven't I? Probably I would think trust that, um, trust that it's okay to, to hang out with a penguin and, and, and to, to cuddle a Yeah, you know, Miracles will do happen if you expect them. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I mean, oh, I, I can't imagine. So you spent 11 days or did you have to ascend earlier than the 11 days to the mountain? Uh, no, 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 no. We, we, we then kept going and um, reached the top where we were meted by vast numbers of people and celebrities and so on. So we, we, we had the 11 days um, show, showing the banner all that time. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, it's brilliant activism. I'm like very, I don't even know the right words to say. Like, I'm so moved that you did that. That's brilliant. Well, it was, it was the purpose was, I mean, well, not the purpose, but the result was that a couple of people and a penguin can make a difference in the world. You've only got to stand yeah. up and be candid and be there and, and, and do something. Yeah. And do something perhaps not, not, not what everybody's doing, but um, yeah, and it makes a difference. And in, in, in fact, it helped the issue of the street children become an international issue. So people knew about it now because nobody knew about it before then. So um, it, it, it was brilliant to be able to see that and to, to really help. Yeah, it sounds absolutely amazing. And I think to know that your travels, like I know you said you're an adventure and sustainability travel, but in this way, you're kind of a political traveler as well. And to know that you're making a difference around the world in countries you don't live in is spectacular. Yes. Um, and it's something that anybody could do. You've just got to believe in yourself, um, trust that miracles will happen, you know, because things always go wrong, don't they, when you're, when you're traveling yeah. or not as you're expected. And you've just got to trust that the, 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 the universe will provide something will happen and, and that you'll get there at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a great, <laughs> a great moral. That's a really good one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. 
Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I, my story is um, much more superficial than that. I've never done any activism travel, but I have years to go. So I will try and find some ways to add it in now because it sounds right. I don't think I could sleep on the side of a mountain. I think that'd be a bit risky, but <laughs> otherwise it sounds, I'll, I'll find another way. Um, yeah, yeah. But when I was 16, um, I had just lived in Italy by myself. I moved away from my family. I don't know. I was angsty 16 year old and I found a school trip and I just left. Um, yeah. I came back and then needed something new to do. So I begged my parents to let me go to Costa Rica to work at an animal shelter. Um, oh, lovely. It, and it was brilliant. I mean, a beautiful trip. It was, uh, for younger children. So kind of, if you're 17 or under, you could go. I was just 17 or about to be 17. So I was like the oldest person there. Um, and I had signed up to do the animal shelter where you could do, orphanage you could do um I don't actually remember what the third one was which is terrible but there were there were three camps of us and I was the only girl that had decided to do the animal shelter which Mm. surprised me because I mean stressful school year living with family angsty teenager to me like kind of like you said cuddling a penguin helps I thought cuddling some cool monkeys or like playing with raccoons would be great Um, (laughs) but apparently I was the only girl that thought that so I was kind of left alone with four boys and one Costa Rican man who decided his mission in life was to make me as uncomfortable as possible. Not in like a creepy way because he found it Mm. entertaining when I was upset. So I'm phobic of snakes. I really, I hate them, can't stand them. It runs in my family, weirdly. Every woman is terrified of them. Yeah. Uh, So he found out and one day when like I'd been painting this monkey cage that was like a three-story tall mesh enclosure. None of the guys would get on this ladder that I swear had been built in like the 1800s. It was so rickety and rotted. Um, So I just climbed this monkey cage. I've been painting it in like the hot sun. And um, this man, whose name I've unfortunately forgotten, came up and said, Nina, Nina, come down. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) But he's like, come down, come down. I've got something for you. I have a surprise. And I was like, oh, this is great. It's going to be like, a lemonade or a Sprite or something, which he'd done before. So I was like, he's going to give us like a nice treat. I don't know why he's just giving me the treat, but cool. So I yeah. came down and he has this giant bag of dog food. And I was like, oh, ha ha, you're going to give me dog food as my treat. That's so nice of you. And he's like, no, look inside. And so this is like, when I say a bag of dog food, it's a burlap sack that could fit like a small human being inside of it, like a oh, human being. So it's right. quite big and it just says dog food on the front. So of course I assume it's dog food. So <laughs> <laughs> he's like standing there waiting beside me, ready to watch me open this bag. And so I finally do. And inside is the biggest 
boa constrictor I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's, oh, I'm trying to think of how long it was, but I think it was like a six foot boa constrictor, thick, uh, giant, uh. still alive also, uh, <laughs> because it's an animal shelter. So it's not going to kill an animal. They're just going to no. reach it. And sure. I mean, it's not happy to see me. I'm not happy to see it. <laughs> um, yeah. So luckily, um, he took the bag away after I had screamed and ran the entire length of the animal. <laughs> um, I didn't have any penguins to seek comfort in, but I did seek comfort in the capuchin oh. monkey cage. So we oh. were allowed to go in and see the capuchins. So I went in hoping to like cuddle one. And as I'm holding it, it immediately starts peeing down the front of my shirt. So I was like, well, <laughs> apparently animals are going to be no comfort to me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear well probably monkey pee is much better than snake pee anyway oh i i hope so i mean i hope to never find out <laughs> yeah it's one of one of two times i've been peed on by monkeys in my life and oh, okay uh, yeah right. an unfortunate both times so <laughs> it's probably a message there somewhere yeah i think so which is ironic because like we called my sister monkey growing up i was bunny and she was monkey so it feels like she's uh, somehow she somehow like communicated with every monkey and was like you gotta be terrible to my sister and just pee on her every time you see her <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's lucky it's got to be lucky yeah probably yeah. it's like when yeah. a bird poops on you or something <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> amazing oh. okay well now that we've shared our tripping up stories can I ask you to share the listener mail that I sent you indeed this is from Emily and it's called mom adrenaline Ooh. One of my kids was on a school exchange in a very small town in Italy one autumn, and I decided to visit her for her birthday. I was on my own and flew to a small airport that was nearest to where she was. When I was planning it, the logistics didn't really occur to me. The airport was an hour or so away from where she was staying. I was renting a car. No big deal, right? But there were a few things I didn't factor in. First, I arrived at dusk. Because it's a small airport, there weren't many people to help you find things, so it took some time to find the rental car. Second, the rental car was a Fiat 500, super cute, but with an engine about as powerful as a toaster. <laughs> and of course, manual, not automatic. Firstly, I had to drive on the Italian highway, which is super fast and has a lot of trucks that come barreling along, which my little car didn't have enough power to contend with. To get on the Italian highways, you have about 200 feet to merge as a giant truck is screaming along beside you. The lane was quickly ending, but the trucks weren't clearing. In some sort of out-of-body experience, I found myself in a lane. I'm not quite sure how I managed it. My husband says it was mom and Renly. Maybe, but I didn't want to rely on that again. So the next time I visited... I rented a much bigger car. <laughs> Lovely. So that's actually a story from my mom, Emily, oh. um, when she was visiting me in Italy. Um, oh. And I remember that little toaster. And the one positive of the toaster was that it could go through the tiny streets in the Italian town I was living in. Yes. Because when she showed up with the bigger car, she couldn't get past the front gates of the town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes oh like like the film um with the three minis yes yeah it also reminds uh, me of um 
uh, top gear at one point they tried to like race through an Italian town in little cars and I don't remember which one of them but somebody got their car stuck between an alleyway like between the two walls because it was so <laughs> narrow and he had tried to just go through and he actually crammed the car in and they couldn't get it out <laughs> <laughs> it'll make everybody want to go to Italy I would think yes I think yeah. it does I mean just maybe don't drive in Italy <laughs> that's kind of the tip I would yeah. give yeah, yeah, good. I, I would agree with you there. <laughs> well, oh, how lovely to read your mom's story. Yeah. Yes, thank you for sharing it. Um, and hi, mom, mm-hmm. thank you for sending it in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now that we've shared our stories and Emily's story, um, I want to kind of remind everybody that travel is actually really great and things don't always go wrong. So um, this is the point in the podcast where we like to share. Um, a travel positive, a travel triumph, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And in, in my experience, um, we can also do a lot of good. Like we can raise money for where, where the need is in the area that we're in. Like, for example, we, we, we raise money to build a refuge for uh, street children in Rio. That's amazing. And did that come um, through like crowdfunding before the campaign or after you did the banner? Uh, some of it came before, but there wasn't crowdfunding and, and, and some of it um, came afterwards, yeah. And also we actually managed to create um, a, a park at the base of the Sugarloaf. So there was, a, there was a real environmental effect as well there. That's so, so brilliant. Uh, yeah, you, you, it, um, always, there's always positives. you just got to see them, see the, see the bigger picture. Yeah, and I think that's really important to remember is that travel, I mean, in the 21st century, a lot of us travel for ourselves. I definitely traveled selfishly to escape family to like um avoid law yeah. school things like that but it's so important to travel for other people too and to yeah. help people wherever you're going yeah and that helps you because all traveling is fun isn't it it's all interesting it's all new and stimulating and wonderful it is and I think yeah. it's really important um I actually took a year off after my undergraduate degree well I took two because I couldn't stop and I found a cheap flight to New Zealand but I found I grew more during that time than I ever grew during school. I learned more about world politics and history and yeah. I learned more about my own country. Like I didn't know a lot about Canada until I left Canada, which I think is really interesting. So I've become a lot more kind of involved in indigenous rights in a very minimal mm. way, but I try to do my part. And I think that's really important mm. to kind of think about the world in a different perspective and travel really helps with that. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps more than anything, you learn a lot about yourself too, don't you? Yeah. You come up against yourself and face yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's a beautiful note to end on for the podcast. We've loved having you, Tess. Thank you so much for joining me for Tripping Up Podcast. Um, And we really hope you have a great rest of your day. (laughs) Thank you, Nina. And bless you for all the wonderful stuff you're doing and sharing and uh, inspiring and giving fun to people. Thank you so much. Keep going. Great, great project. Attention passengers, we've now reached our destination. We hope you enjoyed the flight and have a nice day. Thank you so much again to Tess Burrows for joining me for the second episode of the podcast. She was such a delight to talk to and her stories are just brilliant. Climbing a mountain is a feat in and of itself, but doing it while protesting, sleeping on porter ledges, and then losing your contacts? That's insane. And then to top it off, people were actually trying to kill them. She has an insane amount of courage. I don't even know how she does it. You can learn more about Tess's climb of Sugarloaf to protest the child killings in her book, Soft Courage. Soft Courage is the story of Tess's adventures, 
told from the perspective of her stuffed penguin, Yannick. This may sound like a children's book, but I can assure you it's very much for adults. Yannick shares Tessa's adventures around the world, hanging precariously on the rock face overlooking Rio for 11 days, biking the length of Britain, and taking peace climbs in the Andes and Himalayan mountains. Together they trek towards their ultimate missions, to raise funds for Tibet and to promote peace on Earth. Throughout their travels, Yannick looks inward to learn the principles of Tibetan wisdom, while sometimes snarkily judging Tessa's fears, as we discussed. <laughs> this book is often described as uplifting, which is kind of cliche, but it really is. This is the right time to use that word. Soft Courage is broken up into nine chapters that reflect the nine tenets of Buddhism and reminds us of what really matters in this world, people and peace. Coming from a penguin-obsessed family, I fangirled so hard over Tess's framing narrative of her plush penguin for a very long time after our recording, so thank you Tess for also putting up with that. It's genuinely a framing narrative I've never seen before, especially in adult books, and even less so in travel books, and I read a lot of travel books. Please check out Tess Burrow's work to support her and her adventuring. If you'd like to contribute a peace message, you can send it to her through her website. I'll provide links to purchase the book and to her website in the description. Thank you for joining me for the second episode of Tripping Up. Be sure you don't miss out on a full season of incredible, awe-inspiring people. Be sure to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review to really help me out. Cheers! Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.